Welcome to Adurin Talks Sports. It's been a while, hasn't it? With a new NFL season approaching and the first round of the NFL draft just finishing minutes ago, I thought it would be a great time to get back to the show and go over each draft pick for each team that selected a player in the first round. As always, this show is unscripted and it's just me looking at notes and the actual selection of players. On top of that, I'd much rather talk about the positives that come from each selections and not the negatives. I, you guys probably know, in every draft there are players that were selected too high or considered a bust. I don't want to think about that. I'd much rather look at the bright side of the picks. Uh, also, an important thing to note, I don't watch college football. So this is very much just me looking at highlights and sort of what the position fills, best case scenario type of situation. Uh, as always, make sure to subscribe, follow, do all those podcast-related things that help support the podcast, and stick around because I'm hoping to make this a semi-consistent thing. Uh, but for now, we shall go into the draft. The first pick of the 2021, eh, 2021 NFL draft was Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. Now, even though I have not watched a lot of college football, I understand Trevor Lawrence is kind of like the next Peyton Manning. Andrew Luck, some sort of massive college star like this. Um, first overall pick, he was basically slotted into this position since the last draft, I want to say, maybe even before that. There was debates talking about how Trevor Lawrence could have been selected first overall last year, and this is with Joe Burrow having a monstrous season, uh, Tank for Tua being the biggest thing in the NFL. So Trevor Lawrence is now going to Jacksonville, who have a lot of interesting pieces that could fit together. Not only is uh, Urban Meyer the new head coach, which is going to be an interesting change, on top of that, adding new wide receivers and other sorts of, um, well, with the wide receivers that they already have, the guys like DJ Chark and uh, running backs like uh, Robinson, for example, all of this is going to combine to make an interesting offensive team. And if Urban Meyer is able to take advantage of Trevor Lawrence's talents, and if Trevor Lawrence is everything that he's lived up to be so far, uh, this is going to be a slam dunk pick. I mean, it was a very obvious pick, especially with everything that's been going on recently with uh, the the chaos and the draft and everything. But th this was this was pretty safe to say. So with the second overall pick, the New York Jets select a shocker, Zach Wilson. Not a shock at all. Quarterback out of BYU. Pretty safe to say that moments, basically moments after uh, his pro day, it was locked in that. Wilson was going to be there. Now, there's a lot of debate about whether or not Wilson is the correct pick because of all of the different quarterbacks and stuff like that. I think Zach Wilson could be an interesting pick. They really do have a good idea of what they're doing, at least um, when it comes to selecting this quarterback. So when you add Zach Wilson to the Jets team that has sneakily good wide receivers considering the relative lack of success the previous year, comparing that uh, combining the new coaching staff and all of these different factors, Zach Wilson, a lot of people say he has Patrick Mahomes-like qualities, and that's obviously a good thing to be compared to one of the, if not the best quarterback in the game right now. So, you know, this combination is definitely going to help the Jets. Is this a savior of the Jets franchise, the best quarterback that they've ever had since Joe Namath? Well, we could find out. Now, this will be an interesting uh, adjustment, another addition, sorry, uh, to the team with a good arm, good athleticism, again, that Patrick Mahomes like quality. And, you know, if they can get Patrick Mahomes, every team would take Patrick Mahomes right now. The third pick was with the 49ers. Now, the 49ers took this pick from the Dolphins, who took it from Houston. Long story short, they have it now. And they were basically locked into taking a quarterback. But the question was, who was it going to be? Was it going to be Mac Jones? Was it going to be Trey Lance? Was it going to be Justin Fields? And despite 
all of the conversation about Mac Jones and how he fits Kyle Shanahan's system, they chose Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. Very, very smart person. He's the type of guy that, according to a lot of shows, asks questions to everybody, which is always a great type of person to get, regardless of what type of job you're talking about, let alone a quarterback position. So taking this smart guy who some people say isn't ready for the main quarterback position, if you if you keep Jimmy Jimmy G, Garoppolo, if you keep Garoppolo as the quarterback for this year or next year, depending on how long they want to keep him, if you keep him for a couple of years, Trey Lance can learn behind him, and then presto, you've got a Trey Lance following the path of Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and all these other guys that have stuck back and just chilled while the main starter goes out and does whatever he does. Now, if you think about it, Brett Favre did pretty well. Uh, well, no Super Bowls, of course, but Brett Favre did pretty well before Aaron Rodgers stepped into the role. Alex Smith had a great season before Patrick Mahomes stepped into the role. Jimmy Garoppolo could do the same thing. I mean, when Jimmy G is healthy, this team went to the Super Bowl. When he's not healthy, it's not. That's a big debate right here between the two. So this will be an interesting situation to go and look forward to. If there's one coach you want to trust with quarterback decisions, it's probably Kyle Shanahan. With the fourth pick, the Atlanta Falcons choose Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. And I'm going to be honest, Kyle Pitts might be my favorite player in this entire draft. A combination of the fact that he's just such a good player. He's a tight end, which is one of my favorite positions, just because they get to do a little bit of everything. Like they're the wide receivers, but they're also the blockers, but they're also, uh, I'm just thinking of like the like um, Philly Special, for example, where Trey Burton goes around and throws the pass. Apparently they can also throw. It's just a combination of factors that's really cool. Anyway, regardless of that, that's just me being excited about tight ends. Um, this is really a thing of just saying, all right, we're going all in on Matt Ryan. They're trying to do what they can with the new coach, Arthur Smith, and just kind of focus in on what they can get out of Matt Ryan. If you give Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, a new running back situation and a system that helps uh, accentuate the running backs, similar to the system that got Matt Ryan his first MVP, doing all of that, and then my assumption is that the later half of the draft is going to be more focused on defensive players, take that and toss that with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan might go for another MVP. Might be trying to break single-season records, just tossing the ball up to, oh, you know, Let's see who's open between Julio Jones, who's already a Hall of Famer, Calvin Ridley, who's had a fantastic career so far, in my opinion, and then Kyle Pitts, who is this guy that's just a matchup nightmare. Fantastic combination. It's going to be an interesting thing to, to watch, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. The fifth, pit, bleh, the fifth pick, sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals select Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. Joe Burrow, quarterback of LSU, gets a wide receiver from LSU. You'll notice a trend of that happening a lot throughout this entire draft, either a year apart or longer. Um, but for now, let's focus on this. Joe Burrow, there were two options that the Bengals had. They could either get a guy to protect Joe Burrow or a guy that can help Joe Burrow in terms of like uh, production-wise. And they decided to go for the relatively more flashier option of the wide receiver. Now, getting a number one wide receiver is fantastic, especially considering A.J. Green has left. Now, replacing A.J. Green, who was sort of worn down but went healthy, a dominant receiver, replacing him with Jamar Chase, someone who already has this connection, fantastic option. Thinking about it now, you're going to have guys like uh, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, they're going to be even more dangerous because they don't have to worry about being double covered when Jamar Chase exists. It's it's going to be so cool to watch and just see you know if they can rekindle that sort of uh, combination that they had before. With the sixth pick, with the big trade that San Francisco had to jump up to three, the Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles both had 
an impact in there as well. The Dolphins now have the sixth pick, and with that pick, they decided to take Jalen Waddell, wide receiver from Alabama, to reunite with Tua. Uh, I've never gotten his name right. Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Tua. They got, they're going to pair him up with Tua again. Um, so it's another situation of quarterback goes with wide receiver that they've been associated with you know, before. And this is just going to be an interesting combination as well. Adding another wide receiver to Tua's list, um, making it even more of a dominant offensive line. or uh, Sorry, not offensive line, offense in general. Adding Devontae, they have Devontae Parker, they have Mike Gusecki, they've got other sort of receivers. And then adding in Devontae Smith, a big play guy for Tua, and one that they've already got this connection with. This is just going to be an interesting combination, I think. Uh, with with Tua trying to get more comfortable with the Dolphin system, adding a person that already has that connection, fantastic option. With the seventh pick, the Detroit Lions take Penny Sewell, offensive tackle from Oregon. This was the safe pick. A really, really good, fantastic, I don't know why I'm saying really good, he's a fantastic pass protector, uh, fantastic run blocker for a team that's really building for the future, where the question about Jared Goff and whether or not he's going to be the long-term play for quarterback, regardless of if it's Goff or if it's somebody they draft in the next few years, having the offensive line set up already, fantastic. That's what you need to make sure that your quarterback can make the right decisions. And I think Jared Goff is a really good quarterback, especially when he has time in the pocket. And adding an offensive tackle, great for that position. Uh, Sewell can pick on either side, depending on where he wants to go. Um, there's an idea in mind of like uh, Taylor Decker being at left tackle for now, Sewell starting at right tackle, and then uh, Vitae moving to guard, which he's also played, uh, I believe he played it for the Eagles. So having that as your offensive line, shifting things around to make things work out, great combination for who is pretty much considered the best offensive tackle in the draft. The eighth pick, the Carolina Panthers, who could have been taking a quarterback, even if they did trade for Donald and trade away Teddy Bridgewater, they decided to go for J.C. Horn, cornerback of South Carolina. Now, uh, they had a decision between a few different corners of who they wanted to go with. They decided to go with J.C. Horn, sorry, uh, son of Joe Horn, a former wide receiver in, uh, in the NFL, you may remember him from the Saints and a very good celebration where he had this, uh, his back in the day flip phone, his flip phone underneath the goalpost. And uh, <laughs> that was a very fun, that was back in the day when you could have props and stuff like that. Um, but adding a cornerback in this round, these were the two corners. It was either JC Horn or Patrick Sertain. Those two corners were considered the best corners by a mile in this draft. And so taking them at this point, fantastic. He's a great playmaker. Uh, big size and everything like that, uh, and they decided to go with that. Now, the Panthers have always been considered a team with a really, really good defense, whether you're considering Luke Kuechly, Josh Norman during his really good year a few years ago. They've always been, they've been proud of having a good defense, and adding a corner to that list just makes it even better. With the ninth pick, the Denver Broncos select Patrick Sertain, cornerback from Alabama. Well, it's Patrick Sertain the second. Um, this is an interesting pick as well. Sertain rumored to be going to a number of different teams just because of how important corners are in this sort of draft, uh, in certain in this league with how pass-heavy everything is. So they added Kyle Fuller. They added Ronald Darby in free agency, and they decided to go for another corner, which, to be honest, with how many corners are regularly on the field these days, it's no longer 
two corners, two safeties. Sometimes they had a third corner in, they had a fourth corner in. Um, taking away from like linebackers, for example, if they have a very pass heavy or they want to go for that um, cornerback heavy system. And this is a fantastic option for Vic Fangio, a defensive guy, uh, to work with because adding who might be uh, a shutdown cornerback, you know, getting that in the, with the ninth pick is a fantastic option. There was a rumors about quarterbacks coming here. Um, they decide, it seems at least uh, based off the first round, to stick with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, have probably some sort of competition and go from there. Now the 10th pick, at this point, Despite the being nine picks in, there weren't any trades going on. Nobody was trying to move up into the top ten or anything like that. Well, that changed as the Philadelphia Eagles made a trade with the Dallas Cowboys. Words I never thought would be say in the same sentence. The Eagles made a trade with the Cowboys, and with the tenth pick, the Philadelphia Eagles selected Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. Now, this is another option, or another situation, of a former Alabama quarterback, in this case, reuniting with an Alabama wide receiver, in this case, Jalen Hurts, reuniting with Devontae Smith. Now, <laughs> the fact that they traded with a division rival is wild to me, but it works, and it fills one of the needs that the Eagles have. Um, looking at the Eagles, the big needs that they really, a lot of people were pointing at, are wide receiver and corner, and this fits the wide receiver need. Uh, especially with last year and how the wide receiver seems to fall off a cliff uh, with a lot of them getting injured and then the being just a hodgepodge of guys off the practice squad being wide receivers. They've got a number one now. So with this, Nick Cerrone, the new offensive head coach, offensive head coach, you know, head coach, offensively minded head coach, now has Jalen Hurts working with Jalen Reger, Greg Ward, uh, Arcega Whiteside if you want to go with them. Uh, still have Dallas Goddard. Ertz is still on the roster as of now. There's rumors about him being traded, but Ertz is here as well. And adding Devontae Smith, who could start as a number one wide receiver. Here you go, adding this to the list. And that connection seems to be something that a lot of teams were focusing on, of having a quarterback already have a connection with the wide receiver that they're paired with, or another player, which we'll get to later on. The Eagles take this. Fantastic pick for them, for a team that really wants that number one wide receiver that they haven't had since their Super Bowl run, you could consider Alshon Jeffrey the number one. They haven't had it since Jeffrey was healthy, so this is an interesting pick. So, trade with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Sounds like fun, right? Yeah. Immediately afterwards, another trade. This time, the Chicago Bears jump from 20 to 11, trading with the New York Giants. And with the 11th pick, the Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback of Ohio State, or I say the Ohio State University. Now, the Bears haven't had a great quarterback situation recently. Uh, Mitch Trubisky started off with some promise and then it seemed to plateau. Uh, they signed Andy Dalton and have a few other people in the background. But getting Justin Fields may solve the quarterback issues that, Chicago's have had, that Chicago has had. Now, Fields, a lot of commentary about Fields and wondering whether or not he's a good quarterback, regardless of all that. I don't, first of all, I think that's a bunch of baloney. But second of all, Justin Fields is on the level of Trey Lance, of Mac Jones, up there with Lawrence. Some people had him as the second quarterback and fighting with Lawrence as the best quarterback in this draft. Uh, there was a, a 1A, 1B option if you were looking at this at the beginning of the season. So now getting Justin Fields, a guy with a big arm, athleticism, dual threat type of quarterback, and working with an offensive minded head coach. This could be something really, really good for Chicago. Trading up to get a quarterback. Last time it, that happened, it didn't work so well, but 
Justin Fields is a different type of quarterback. This could be a type of situation that Chicago has been looking for. Getting their first good, you know, like fantastic quarterback since when? Have they ever, have you considered the Bears ever having a slam dunk call, like your Aaron Rodgers type quarterback or your Tom Brady, your Peyton Manning? Like, yeah, this guy is obviously a top five quarterback. When's the last time they've ever had that, right? So the Bears getting Justin Fields could be the start of something interesting. With the 12th pick, the Dallas Cowboys got this pick from Philadelphia, who got it from Miami, who got it from San Francisco. Anyway, Dallas, with this pick, takes Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. An interesting selection. Now, Sean Lee did retire, but adding another linebacker with Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh, they are really focusing on this idea of having the linebackers run the defense. Usually there's one position that you look at that are the lynch point. This is where the defense is made, whether it's the defensive line and getting sacks, the corners or defensive backs and generals of getting interceptions, or the linebackers of getting tackles, getting the team off the field. And getting Micah Parsons a fast linebacker that's able to take up a lot of room, not necessarily through size, but through speed. Adding that with Jalen Smith, a really fast linebacker, Leighton Vanderesh, a very rangy uh, linebacker, they're basically having this linebacker setup where they can just cover the entire field. And that's really, really good for a team that's been struggling on defense. They don't exactly have the best defense. Dan Quinn wants to take another guy uh, as a defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Take Micah Parsons, the linebacker, and now you've got a guy covering five, six yards past the line of scrimmage all the time. So they can always rush up and get them, get running backs down or short passes and immediately get rid of those. So this is a really, really good pick, in my opinion, for the Dallas Cowboys. With the 13th pick, the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know why I emphasize Angeles, Los Angeles. Now it sounds weird. Anyway, they take Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle from Northwestern. Chargers really wanted an offensive lineman. They got an offensive lineman. Now, Slater on the field, Sewell on the field, um, both of them are fantastic type of offensive linemen that are able to guard their respective quarterbacks and the Chargers were kind of sitting here like okay one of them is going to fall to us hopefully and sure enough one of them did Slater falling down right here guarding Justin Herbert who had a fantastic season last year um worth an offensive line that has a lot of talent like Brian Bullock um Corey Lindsley the center fantastic guy uh taking that offensive line and adding to it with Rashawn Slater now Justin Herbert can just take all the time in the world to make the fantastic plays that he does. With the 14th pick, the New York Jets, that's right, the New York Jets traded with the Vikings to bounce up here. The New York Jets with the 14th pick take Elijah Vera Tucker, an offensive lineman from USC. Now the interesting thing about him is that he can fit basically anywhere on the line, and putting him with Mackay Becton, uh, sorry for the stumbling, with Mackay Becton, who was drafted last year, just adds to that offensive line power, protecting Zach Wilson. Now, the biggest issue that they had with Sam Darnold was that he was getting bull rushed, uh, the famous ghost lines, for example. So, in the draft that you take your new quarterback, it's a really good option to take an offensive lineman to protect that quarterback. And with Mackay Becton last year, now they've got this dual lineman combination where you have security, uh, whether they put them both on the same side or if they put them on separate sides. Regardless of that, adding to the offensive line is never a bad decision, especially when you're getting a new quarterback. Speaking of new quarterbacks, with the 15th pick, the New England Patriots select Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama. The Tom Brady comparisons have already appeared. 
compared with the accuracy, size, smarts, mental toughness, all that sort of stuff, a lot of people are comparing Mac Jones to Tom Brady. Now, is it just because of the similarities between them? Or is it the fact that they got drafted to the same location now? Or is it because of style, the Nick Saban influence? All of these are probably factors to it. But now, if Cam Newton isn't fantastic, which at this point Cam Newton is turning into a bridge quarterback for Mac Jones, drafting him this high, they're obviously going to turn to him eventually. But Mac Jones, if need be, can just sit behind Cam Newton. And Cam Newton, I believe, has a one-year deal. So Cam could play out his deal and then go to somewhere else if he proves that he's able to stay healthy and be a good quarterback, which he started off really well last year. The interesting thing will be if he can hold it for an entire season. If he can, great. He goes off somewhere else and uh, Patriots receive a good compensation pick. If he doesn't, doesn't matter. Mac Jones is in the background and can just walk in or Mac Jones could start in the middle of the season. So adding a Tom Brady comparison to Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, a a tandem that has worked with Tom Brady for all this time. Obvious decision. With the 16th pick, the Arizona Cardinals select Zavin Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. Big size, pass rushing guy. Uh, After taking Isaiah Simmons last year, who struggled somewhat in his first season, they get a linebacker here that has the ability to go off and be the pass rusher that they think Isaiah Simmons could be adding coverage ability as well. Basically, they redrafted a person like Isaiah Simmons. So best case scenario here, both of them end up going off. Some people say Collins was a reach. Uh, Again, don't want to be too negative about this sort of decision, um, especially since we haven't seen them play. But adding another linebacker, sort of following the Dallas Cowboys method of having a bunch of linebackers guarding the center of the field and being able to move around really helps, you know, get that spacing there. Uh, This is starting to turn into basketball all of a sudden, but you get the gist. With the 17th pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle from Alabama. You might notice I've been saying Alabama a lot. You're going to hear it a couple more times as well. Leatherwood is a tackle guard tween type of person, a big, powerful blocker that really has the ability to be a really good offensive lineman. Now, some people are suggesting that he's uh, a bit of a reach, don't want to talk about that too much. The Raiders here are taking a guy that can protect Derek Carr and really help the offensive consistency. If Derek Carr isn't getting pressured too much, he's got time to go through his throws. He's got time to hand it off and, and play the running game very well or start getting the wide receivers that they have, like Ruggs, for example, and really moving them forward. The big thing is just making sure that he can stay consistent. If he's able to be consistent with his play, Raiders just got a great offensive lineman to add to the list. And again, my opinion about offensive linemen, you can never have enough of them. With the 18th pick, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Phillips, edge from Miami, Florida. I don't know why I emphasize the Florida there. Uh, Defensive-minded Brian Flores, unsurprisingly take a defensive player. And with an edge rusher here, fantastic option for them. They want to go for a person that's able to go against the quarterbacks. Now, think about the quarterbacks that are in in this division. You have Josh Allen, a mover. You have Cam Newton, a mover. And you have uh, the Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, a mover. All three of these guys, at worst, run like Patrick Mahomes, which is a buy-time-in-the-pocket type of runner. And at best, Cam Newton's really healthy, and, he, and Josh Allen's really healthy, and now you got two guys that are bulldozing everybody. So you get an edge guy to be able to take down all of these quarterbacks that are really, really mover-type of people. Um this is going to be sort of like uh, 
Brian Flores, I think, uh, sort of like a, a Mario Williams type of player. That's too far back. I'm trying to think of players that, um, he was Patriots, right? So like, uh, like Chandler, Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones used to be with the Patriots. So somebody like that, uh, someone that's able to get after the quarterback, uh, as quickly as possible, regardless of where they place on the line. With the 19th pick, the Washington football team select Jamin Davis linebacker from Kentucky. Uh, Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera, both defensive guy type of guys. Ron Rivera, obviously the head coach of the Washington football team. They want a guy that has range and coverage ability, and they take Jamin Davis. Uh, a sort of hybrid type of player. They already have a really, really good front seven, especially with last year's defensive player of the year, Chase Young. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, sorry. Um, adding Davis to this list uh, just gets another sort of person on there that's able to play the run, make plays on the ball, make sure that they can get some sort of range for this defensive system. Because this team, at the end of the day, especially with this first round and how it's played out, is a defensive system. They've got Ryan Fitzpatrick to try to basically hold down the fort on the offensive side. And on the defensive side, that's where they're going to try to get their wins. They're going to try to sack you. They're going to try to pick you off and give it so that the offense has smaller field position to work with, or you know, smaller field position to deal with, basically. Um, taking Jamin Davis is just adding to that sort of list, and they really hope uh, this could be their Luke Keekley almost. Uh, more of a pass rusher, Luke Keekley was more of a step back and sort of floor general type of player, but this could be an interesting pick for them. The New York Giants, now after the trade with the Chicago Bears a while ago, with the 20th pick, they select Kadarius Tony, wide receiver from Florida. Now, way, way back, if we go all the way back, you remember the Eagles traded with the Cowboys, basically jumping over the Giants at the time, and they chose Devontae Smith, wide receiver. Giants really want to get a wide receiver for Daniel Jones, and this is sort of a make-or-break year for him, so why don't we just get him another weapon with Kadarius Tony? Adding a wide receiver with Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay um, complimenting them, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Eric, um, not Eric Ebron, that's not the tight end, um, who am I thinking of? Evan Ingram, that's it, uh, Evan Ingram, I think, did Kyle Rudolph sign with them? That I don't remember, you probably have to check that, but, uh, at the very least, Ingram, and Shepard, and Slayton, and Galladay, this is a team that has a bunch of talent at the outside, a lot of people can catch the ball, and then, of course, how am I forgetting this, Saquon Barkley is now healthy, so Daniel, Daniel Jones, has everything in place, uh, offensive line accepting. Um, when it comes to talent, catching, and receiving the ball, he's got that now. So the question is now, is Daniel Jones going to be able to take advantage of it? I think he can. I'm personally a fan of Daniel Jones. I think he can be a really good quarterback. And adding the offensive weapons is going to make, it's going to make it that much easier for Daniel Jones to succeed. The Indianapolis Colts, with the 21st pick, select Quite Pay, edge from Michigan. Now, uh, with... Costanzo retiring, a lot of people suggested that offensive tackle was going to be the type of person to go with, but think of the division again. Think of the quarterbacks that are in this division. Um, you've got guys like Trevor Lawrence now. You've got to deal with guys like Ryan Tannehill. You've got to deal with, uh, assuming legal issues aside, uh, Sean Watson. All three of these guys are mover quarterbacks, and so what do you do? You get an edge guy to be able to take down those mover quarterbacks. Um, when it comes to most important positions in the in football as a whole, uh, the idea behind it is that, especially these days, it's quarterback, somebody guarding, somebody rushing them. You want to go in that one of those three if you're looking for an important position, and they pick a guy who is really able to disrupt an offense, and that's what the Colts are trying to do with this defense. 
With the 22nd pick, the Tennessee Titans select Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Now, Farley, uh, I read this up, actually, he has injury concerns, so this is going to be a bit of a risky pick. When healthy, though, really, really good cornerback. Um, adding to their defense with people like uh, Janoris Jenkins, for example, they want some coverage people. They want to shut down corners that can make those big plays that the Titans want on their defensive side, looking at Mike Vrabel, more of a defensive team than anything. Um, and adding to that with Caleb Farley just makes that defense that much more terrifying for the rest of the AFC South and the AFC as a whole. This is a really good pick for a defensive team that really wants to emphasize that defense. With the 23rd pick, the Minnesota Vikings, who received this from the Jets, um, also looking this up, they received the Jets received this pick from the Seahawks. I think this was uh, for Jamal Adams, so uh, keep that in mind. I don't know if that actually matters or not. But uh, the Vikings select Christian Dawson, offensive tackle, Virginia Tech. The Vikings need offensive line help. That, that was the thing coming into the draft that they really had to pick. And they get Christian Dawson, um, really good pick. They get an offensive line guy. Kirk Cousins is going to be happy. Dalvin Cook is going to be happy. Adam Thielen is going to be happy about this because now Kirk Cousins has more time to throw the ball. Justin Jefferson is going to be happy because more time to throw the ball. It's just a thing that helps build that offense out. If Cousins has time... Cousins is able to make the throws. That's pretty much how it's been his entire career. And so this just adds to that building time. And along with that, uh, dropping down in the draft, they get some more picks to be able to do things with later on. With the 24th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. Now, the dilemma about all of these things is whether or not running backs should be first-round selections because of how much high how high of a usage they are and whether or not the running game is even important anymore regardless of that Najee Harris fills in the blank that Le'Veon Bell left and uh, left a couple of years ago uh if Big Ben needs help the best way to give him help is give him a run game and Najee Harris is going to do that not only that he's a pretty good passing game type of person and at this point a lot of running backs if they want to be on the field for a long time have to be three down backs so adding to that could, this is going to be an upgrade from James Conner who moved on uh to a different team uh, the Cardinals, I think? Don't quote me on that. But uh, he left the team earlier uh, this year is in free agency, and so Steelers won a running back. They got a running back now. This could be a really, really good person because he's a between-the-tackles type of guy, speedy person as well, pass game catcher, just everything you want in a running back. With the 25th pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who received this pick from the Rams, for some trade that happened nine years ago because the Rams never have first round picks. Uh, to be to, to be serious, I think this was for Jalen Ramsey. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think that's it. They select Travis Etienne running back from Clemson. So this is another one of those instances where a quarterback gets matched up with a playmaker, in this case a running back, from the college that they went to. And this time, uh, rather than being years apart, like with Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, for example, or a few other instances that have happened today, Instead, they picked two people from the same year. So adding the running back to this list, it's an interesting selection, especially considering how Robinson, the former running back, James Robinson, uh, the running back that led the league last year, um, not led the league, sorry, uh, that led the team last year uh, as the head running back uh, with him on the team. This is an interesting selection and adding to that sort of connection thing that Urban Meyer and the Jaguars seem to be doing along with a few other teams. Now, he's a really, really good running back. He's got great receiving skills, sorry, um, and 
sort of building that one-two punch that a lot of teams like to do with running backs. So interesting selection for them, adding to it and building that connection that is going to be somewhat difficult to get early on. No more trades, or at least not no more trades happening for a while. Um, all of the big trades have happened, and any trades left over are trades that happened before the draft. So, uh, in fact, there aren't going to be a trade. There's no. There's not going to be a trade for a while. Um, that even registers. So, uh, regardless of what I just said, the 26th pick, the Cleveland Browns, who are picking the 26th on purpose for the first time in about 20 years. Uh, as opposed to trading for this position or doing something like that. The Cleveland Browns, with the 26th pick, shout out to Cleveland, uh, gets Greg Newsom, the second cornerback from Northwestern. They've got a loaded roster. Can we can we look at uh, can we look at the Browns roster and look at all of that talent across the team? Offensively, defensively, special teams, all that sort of stuff. And, and they add to it with Greg Newsom, who can go uh, and compliment uh, Denzel Ward, who they picked a few years ago. Adding to that, we've got another corner for this team. Best player available, uh, a big cover guy that's able to take the ball away from opposing quarterbacks. With the AFC North being the AFC North and constantly focusing on the smash mouth type of defensive affairs that their matches end up being, even with Big Ben being a thrower and Lamar Jackson being this offensively gifted person, Joe Burrow being a passer of the age, Getting a corner is a fantastic decision for the Browns, just adding to that amazing defense. With the 27th pick, the Baltimore Ravens select Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota. Baltimore needed additional wide receivers, and they pick one here, a wide receiver, a bigger a bigger wide receiver, which is something that uh, they didn't really have with Hollywood Brown, is a more smaller, speedier type of person. Um, they had a possession receiver here. Um, supporting Lamar Jackson. They signed Sammy Watkins in this offseason, actually looking this up right now. Um, Bateman adding to that, getting a big possession receiver will be fantastic for Lamar Jackson as he continues to get even better better at the throwing aspect of being a, a Ravens quarterback. Um, normally you would just say quarterback, but with the Ravens and how they've developed uh, Lamar Jackson, it's a game-changing thing having him run and pass as much as he is. So, They've already got a bunch of people that are able to zoom down the field. You've got a route runner now with Rashad Bateman. With the 28th pick, the New Orleans Saints selected Peyton Turner, Edge from Houston. Now, a lot of people, uh, I was watching the draft on um, NFL Network. Sorry, I was completely blanking on that. And they mentioned how the Saints a few years ago uh, drafted Marcus Davenport, who they just picked up the fifth-year option for and compared Peyton Turner to Marcus Davenport. Adding another pass rusher to this team, um, opposite Cameron Jordan and just adding to it uh, is a fantastic decision considering they've got to really rush the quarterback if they want to have if they want to have a chance to stop Matt Ryan and 40,000 wide receivers or Tom Brady and the fact that the Bucks just brought back their entire team or stopping the Panthers who are increasingly becoming more interesting if Donald becomes uh, what he was drafted to be. So what do they do? They grab they grab a edge rusher for uh, Allen, Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator's 4-3 defense, and just have another person that they can get to bull rush the quarterback, which is how the Saints are going to play it. With Drew Brees gone now, uh, it'll be interesting to see the shift in the team. First off, we don't technically even know who the starting quarterback is going to be, because it could be Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, which some people think, it, I, I personally think it's going to be more likely Jason uh, Jameis Winston. Um, 
Taysom Hill still, the fact that we can't rule him out makes this an interesting combination. Because if it's Jameis Winston, it's more likely to be an all-offensive type of team. If it's Taysom Hill, I could see this being more of like a smash-mouth type of team. So um, adding an edge rusher to that sort of helps in both cases, but really helps if they're going to go for Taysom Hill's sort of strategy of like a run-first team. The Green Bay Packers with the 29th pick select Eric Stokes, cornerback from Georgia. This team is similar to how I described the Eagles earlier. They got two big weaknesses, wide receiver and corner. They decided to go for corner in this one, taking Eric Stokes from Georgia. Um, with all of the with all of the hoopla going around with Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he's going to stay a Packer or quit, because that's literally an option, um, they decide to go for a really good cornerback from Georgia. A really good guy that's able to go after the ball a big cornerback as well, which is very nice, and a way of helping Aaron Rodgers without helping Aaron Rodgers, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Because drafting a cornerback, uh, if done correctly, they get a corner that's able to stop the field and get better field position for the offense, or just intercept the ball and give good field position there, or bring picks back for touchdowns, fumbles back for touchdowns, all those sort of things, um, which would obviously help the offense. Yeah, it's either... It's pretty much that only because... Uh, they could have gone for a wide receiver, although uh, slight spoilers for the remaining few picks, they don't uh, no other team goes for a wide receiver again. Um, so th- nobody else in the first round, at least since this is the end of the first round, basically. Uh, they kind of just choose the best player available for them, and they choose, in that case, a corner, which fills a need and is a best player available. Now, there may be better talented players, but they choose a person that fits their system very well. With the 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills select Gregory Rousseau, edge from Miami. Now, a big-time player, short history, big-time production, and going to a team, a defensive team, with Sean McDermott, and I think their defensive coordinator is Leslie Frazier. Don't quote me on that. Um, seems to be something I've been saying a lot in this episode. But uh, coming, going to Sean McDermott, at the very least, a defensive type of person, um really just helps uh this team plays hard football if it makes any sense they play defensive football yeah josh allen is a fantastic talent but this team at the end of the day because sean mcdermott is the head coach is a defensive team and adding to that defensive line makes it that much more interesting i think um i'm trying to remember the stat but i think it was the bills who had no player with five or more sacks on their team last year five sacks no player broke five sacks Adding another defensive lineman just makes it that much more likely for a defensive lineman to get more sacks. Here was the trade that I was talking about a little bit ago. The Baltimore Ravens traded Orlando Brown to the Kansas City Chiefs for a first-round pick, among other things. And with that first-round pick, the Baltimore Ravens with a 31st pick select Jason Owe. Owe? I think it's Owe. From uh, Penn State, he is an edge rusher, a freak athlete. And where does he go? He goes to Baltimore. The same Baltimore that's known as a defensive powerhouse. The same Baltimore that trained people like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Terrell Suggs and other sort of defensive monsters. So the Ravens just get right back to this sort of powerful defensive team. Uh, They lost Matthew Judon in free agency and then just add a talented person and have shown in history that they're able to teach defensive linemen. Blowy Naga, not, not, Naga, Nata, you know who I'm talking about. Another fantastic defensive lineman, among others. So just adding to that list makes it that much more likely that they'll be really, really good for them. 
the final pick of the first round, I was interested in seeing if a team would try to take the 32nd pick from Tampa Bay, uh, get take advantage of the fifth-year option type of play. Um, didn't seem to be the case, uh, actually, in the draft. I think the moment it switched to the Bucs, they, they announced the pick was in, like, uh, Bruce Arians had to go somewhere or something like that. Anyway, with the final pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Joe Tryon Edge from Washington. Uh, getting another pass rush, pass rusher, sorry, um, starting off with, you know, Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, and now Joe Tryon adds to that defensive line that really, honestly, that defensive line won the Super Bowl with how much they pressured Patrick Mahomes and just made him move around beating that offensive line. Um, adding to that even more with, again, as I mentioned earlier, a team that brought every one of their starters back, there is no reason why they can't make another run deep into the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl because they just took everything they did last year, brought that back, and then upgraded the position with this first-round pick. Um, so that just makes it you know, obvious that this is a team to watch out for, adding more to their team. So that's pretty much it. Uh, again, I have I don't do a lot of college scouting, so I can't go into very big detail. Um, but all of these people are first round picks for a reason, and so they're very likely to be good. Of course, there's your classic, you know, somebody looks back and it's like, oh, this guy's a bust. But right now, it's hard to suggest that a team made the wrong decision. They fixed a need or they picked the best player available, and it really helps out with the team. Uh, that may have ended the first round, but there are a bunch of players that are available in the next few rounds as well. Uh, I was actually looking through this because I love doing statistical things like this. Um, and this is a very small stat considering uh, the type of detail I would go into in previous episodes of the show uh, when I made it early last season. But there are over 100 Hall of Famers that were not selected in the first round. I think it's 106, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think that I think it was 106 that were selected uh, that were not first-round people, but were selected in the draft. And this doesn't count like AFL draft or some weird circumstances like that. Uh, and this this does include, of course, like the 20-round situation and stuff like that. Um, and current Hall of Famers. So, for example, Tom Brady, despite the fact that it's very obvious he's going to be a Hall of Famer, is not part of the statistic. But there were over 100 Hall of Famers that were not selected in the first round. And these are people like Joe Montana and uh, Shannon Sharp and... Uh, there are also 16 free agent Hall of Famers, like John Randall's, the guy that bobs into my head. So even though the first round has already been completed and a lot of the big talent players has gone, there's still a chance your team could draft a fantastic player in the coming draft, in the coming rounds. So that's something that we can look out for as we go into the draft later on. Um, I'm probably not going to go into more detail on the second round and so on, just because that'd be a lot of players to go over. And at a certain point, especially with me not watching a lot of college football, it'll just be more of like, yeah, this player is a good player. I sort of felt like I was doing that here as well, although I know a little bit more about the teams and stuff. Anyway, that was the first round overview uh, on Adorian Talk Sports. If you're interested in the show and how it's going to go in the future, um, especially picking up when the season begins, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, episodes are not going to be consistent. I'm going to tell you that right now, but... It'll be an interesting listen if you're interested in the NFL or other sports as well. Uh, I'll probably get into uh, other sort of sports, especially when the NBA playoffs go around, and we'll go from there. So thank you very much for watching and supporting however you do. And until next time, everyone, take care.